Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in, these deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of The Lob, The Jam, The Podcast. I'm Luke Sand, joined today by Robert Flom. Robert, how are you? You know what? I'm doing great. One, it's a Saturday. Uh, Saturdays wow. are, are great. Um, two, had a really good dinner. That's second most important thing. All right, talk to me about this dinner. So we made uh, lamb meatballs with uh, like a homemade tahini sauce and okay. charred uh, cabbage. That was very good. Very good. Very good. So you're happy about that. You're happy about the Saturday situation. Yeah. Uh, and, and the Clippers won. You know, it was a it was it was it was a pretty fun Clippers win. That's that's the third. But it's still it's still a, a factor, you know. Can I can I throw something out there? I was talking about this um with my dad during the game. Yeah. So this is the Clippers best win of the season. Yes. Is this the best win in the NBA this season? It might be. I mean, I I said in the in the preview that it's the hardest it might be the hardest calendar game of any any game this season, you know, on the road in Boston, second night of a back-to-back. Um and the Celtics had a rest advantage. So, I mean, it's that's an insane amount of schedule. Um, you know, even outside of Boston being 20 and one at home, being the best team in the NBA by like all the metrics, et cetera. Um, yeah, it, it might be, it might be the best one in the season. Boston's the best team in the NBA. Record wise, they have the best record in the NBA. Uh, yes. if you if you trim things from like when the Clippers made the starting lineup change and Russ was no longer starting. And you look from like there on the Clippers in Boston and a lot of the, you know, win loss and net rating and things like that are sort of like neck and neck as the best teams in the NBA. But Boston for the for the whole body of work has been the best team in the NBA. They've been particularly dominant at home, 20 and one entering today. And the one is a two point loss to the Denver Nuggets, who, as it turns out, are also a really great team, the defending champions, the Clippers. We're up 36 today on the second night of a back-to-back after traveling and getting in at Boston, getting into Boston at 2 a.m. And the Clippers, a lot is going to be said, Rob. Boston is an amazing three-point shooting team. They take a lot of threes. They make a lot of threes. They normally, when Chris Epps Porzingis is healthy, almost always have five good three-point shooters on the court together all the time because Al Horford comes off the bench and he can also shoot. Uh, so Horford started today. And, you know, Luke, Luke Cornett coming in off the bench at center is, is not so much of a shooter, but nonetheless, right? Um, Boston shoots 10 of 40 from three today, 25%. And sort of the, the rationalization here is going to be, well, yeah, a great three-point shooting team had a really cold night, right? The Clippers shot the same exact 10 of 40 from three tonight. So it's not like the, you know... You look for me when I look at the flip side of this game, the the reverse game here. When Boston came to LA, 
and Kawhi Leonard didn't play, and they beat the Clippers by 37. And the Celtics shot 25 of 53 from deep. You go, yeah, no one ever loses a game where they make 25 threes. I think I think I looked I looked it up at the time, and it was something like NBA teams who make 25 or more threes are like 40 and two all time. So yeah, that's a shooting game that you just don't lose. Tonight, I yes, the Celtics were cold. The Celtics missed shots at times that you would expect them to make, but I don't think you can chalk it up to that. I think the Clippers thoroughly dominated them through oh, yeah. three quarters of this game. It wasn't it wasn't just like a fluke shooting game. The Clippers absolutely stomped on the Celtics. You say through three quarters. I, to my knowledge, the Clippers only played three quarters in this game. Um, what fourth quarter? I don't know. Yeah, we just started potting at the end of the third because it was a blowout. Yeah, the what? What? Uh, it's fourth the fourth quarter. quarter is happening right now, but we aren't watching it. So I wish. <laughs> I wish I didn't have to have watched it. Yeah. Um, no, I mean I totally agree. I mean the Clippers three point numbers would look a little bit better, and the Celtics a little bit worse if you factor out garbage time, because um, Svi um, Mikhailiuk hit a couple threes in garbage time. Uh, Peyton Pritchard hit a couple threes in garbage time and Bones Highland and Kobe Brown went out for a million threes in garbage time. So the Clippers shooting was a Combined little bit better. Yeah, um, it felt like a million. Uh, and the Celtics were a little bit worse. And I think Amir, Amir missed at least one during that stretch, although Tyus did make one. Yeah. But like, I mean, the Clippers were a little bit better from three. So, I mean, if you remove all that, they were probably like, I don't know, like nine of 30 or something, which is still not very good. I mean, it's like 30%. And then, you know, the Celtics were were worse than 25. But still, I mean, the Clippers, to your point, did not have a good shooting game. They had a below-average shooting game, um, and they still won handily. I mean, this was – if the Celtics had shot better, it just would have been, like, a regular handle loss, not, like, an utter massacre. Yeah, maybe, but it was 36. I mean, and I think – look, there's yeah. this you, – you have to find this balance, right, between, like, there is absolutely variance – in shooting outcomes. But also, the Celtics weren't, like, a lot of their shots were not great shots. A lot no, of their the shots... Clippers, yeah, were the so Clippers, good on defense. It wasn't like they were just catch and shoot missing. Like, it was late clock, it was movement stuff, and there were some, you know, there were some that, that they missed that you say they could reasonably make, but it was not the quality of attempt that the Celtics normally generate. And yeah, I mean, I really think, I think even if you say, yeah, granted the Celtics, you know, could have shot the ball a little better. I think it's still, it's 20 instead of 36 late in the third, you know, like I still think the Clippers were, were significantly better than the Celtics tonight. And maybe, you know, that being said, maybe the, the performance from Boston can fluctuate in other ways. It's not just shooting variants they could come out with better focus they could be sharper defensively they they xyz that could cause them to play better if this was a series and these teams are going to see each other again in 48 hours right but in this game i don't really think the shooting had a big role like i think this is a blowout clippers win regardless and i don't know that's like that's kind of a revelation i mean i know the clippers have been really good since they made the starting lineup change i know that they're now what um i think 23 and 4 in their last 27 games and that 21 and 2 in the last 23 games Kawhi Leonard has played in if that's if i'm correct in my brain i don't have that number in front of me but like they're they're obviously really good but this is the sort of ultimate test like there's no game that you look at on this season's schedule more than second night of a back to back in boston during the grammy trip where you say you might as well not even play that one. Save your legs and try to win the other games on the trip. And to not just come in and win, but to destroy this team, this is the like, this is the really what I think the on the map win is for these Clippers. I think there's been a lot so far this season where we've, you know, in the last the last two months where we've said they're great, they're one of the best teams in the NBA. They, they're maybe the best team in the Western Conference. You know, there's a lot of potential here. They keep getting better. They keep playing well. They keep winning games. This is not just the not just the game, but the performance against this opponent in this context that makes you like, oh, no, the Clippers are probably the best team in the NBA right now. 
to me, it's the defense, like more than anything else. Like we, they've been great on offense since the heart of trade. Like yeah. I, after the first, you know, six games or whatever, since the starting lineup switch, they've been great on offense. Their defense has been like mostly fine. It hasn't been awful, but it hasn't been great. Um, but I mean, I think the, the way they played defense in this one, you know, how on a string they were, the rotations, the help, uh, when to switch and when not to switch, disciplined, not fouling, not falling for Tatum's pump fakes, going straight up. Um, you know, obviously in the fourth quarter, you know, it was it was a, a garbage time and the Celtics scored 36. They had 60 points through three quarters. That's like almost unheard of in today's NBA, unless it's one of the, you know, dregs of the NBA, like the Hornets or the Pistons or Wizards or something. Um, and the, the Celtics are the second best offense in the NBA. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think for me, it's like, it's it's about the defense and knowing the Clippers can still hit this gear defensively. I mean, that's without their best big man on defense, Evita Zubats, who you will note did not play in this one. Yes, the Celtics were missing Kristaps Porzingis, who is better than Zoo and more important to their team than Zoo is to the Clippers, etc. Zoo is a big part of this team, um, especially on defense. And the Clippers were this dominant on defense, even without him, I think says a lot about how much defensive talent there is on this team and, and how well they can play together when they really get up for it. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think that's true. And anytime you you get a real outlier performance like this, like Boston, like you said, having 60 points through three quarters, shooting 36% from the field for the game, like you said, they, they did better in the fourth quarter, so it was below that through three quarters. It's always some of both, right? Like outlier performances are never just the Clippers' defense was stifling. And it's also not just Boston was cold. It's Boston was cold and the defense was stifling, right? And the same thing when you see a team score 170 points, right? The defense was bad and they had a hot night. Like both things have to be true to reach those outlier outcomes. Uh, and that that happened today. But yeah, the defense was by far the most impressive thing. And and like I said to that point, you know, there is a, there is an extent here in basketball where you make your own luck. Right. And I said this uh, in the bubble when the Clippers lost to the Nuggets and the Nuggets kind of had that downpouring of threes in the fourth quarters of those games. It's like, yeah, man, that they were shooting unsustainably well in those stretches, but they also kind of made their own luck because they tweaked their lineups to bring certain strengths at certain weaknesses in the Clippers rotation. And they got the ball rolling and they built momentum and then they uh, kind of had behind them what they needed to unleash those barrages. And I kind of felt that way about this game too. Like I think Boston, you know, didn't get bailed out by shot making when they, maybe they could have, you get bad play gets bailed out by good shot making all the time in this league, but it was bad play. Like they did kind of make their own luck or the Clippers made their luck for them by being so good defensively. Uh, let's talk a little more about this game. I want to ask you about the Celtics and Kristaps Porzingis and what this looks like as a potential NBA Finals matchup right after this break. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Back here on the Lob of the Jam of the podcast. So, Rob... We've had two Clippers-Celtics games so far, an embarrassing blowout loss for the Clippers at home in L.A., now an embarrassing blowout loss for the Celtics at home in Boston. What have we learned in these 96 minutes about what this matchup would look like in the NBA Finals? I think looking at the game in L.A., Kawhi Leonard not playing. Chris Porzingis didn't play in that one either, so the Clippers have not seen Chris Stapps yet this year. Kawhi Leonard not playing is a pretty huge asterisk on that game. How big of an asterisk is Kristaps Porzingis not playing on this game? I think it's pretty big. I mean, he's been the second best player on the Celtics this year. I don't think it's really that close. I love Derek White. He's third. Jalen Brown is is a distant fourth. He's... You didn't you didn't put Kristaps on your All Star team. I think I did, didn't I? Or maybe it was a games played thing. I, I think he probably he's like right on the edge. He's he's missed a lot of games. Um, but in terms of like on a game to game basis, he's by far their second most important player because it's not just like in a vacuum. I, I We've seen him in New York, in Washington, on Dallas, not have a huge impact. Some of it is he's gotten better, but some of it is just like he fits very, very well in the Celtics team. Um, his rim protection, just like. His sheer size means that the Celtics perimeter defenders, who are mostly very, very, very good, when they don't get their individual stops, they're good at funneling guys directly to him. They're very good at scrambling and kind of recovering behind him and switching out to shooters. Uh, It's a very good fit on defense. And then on offense is really the biggest key because his ability to take, you know, a high volume of threes from a, a really long distance, you know, he takes them out to like 27, 28 feet regularly really stretches out defenses and it enables all of their guys, uh, you know, Tatum, Jalen Brown, Derek White, Drew Holiday to get to the rim and get by their defenders much easier. You know, you saw tonight Al Horford can shoot. He's not a guy you're really afraid of killing you from three. Like maybe he'll make a couple in a game. Porzingis, if you leave him open, he'll take, you know, 15 threes and he might make seven or eight of them, which will kill you in a game. So uh, he's really, really important. I mean, he's obviously not as good as Kawhi Leonard. Um, he's not as important to the Celtics as Kawhi is to the Clippers. But it is a pretty big asterisk. That said, I mean, I think the Clippers, it, there's still plenty to take away from a positive from the Clippers end. Um, but them not having seen Porzingis is, you know, is interesting. Um, obviously, a lot would need to happen for both these teams to meet again this season in the finals. Um, but I mean, he does add a, a completely different dimension to their team on both ends. I mean, I think Clippers fans will remember Chris Stapp's Porzingis sort of being a, a, you know, a net negative for Dallas in those series. Like a guy that the Mavs were better when he wasn't on the floor because he was stiff defensively, you know, and he didn't, he wasn't a role man for Luka, which made it easier for the Clippers to switch. He didn't really use his size advantage. The Clippers went small so they could switch everything. Chris Stapps didn't punish mismatches and then stretched out to defend in the corner, wasn't as effective as a rim protector, right? Like in that context, you know, that Chris Stapps Porzingis that the Clippers have seen in the playoffs twice in recent years, really, it doesn't scare you at all. Chris Stapps Porzingis this year in a different context on a much better overall team, also with a few years of growth in his own game has been you know, a a different player. What, you know, do you, it seems to me, Rob, like right now, the field is wide open in both conferences. But if I had to say who I thought was probably going to see each other in the finals this year, it would be these two teams. Do you agree Uh, with that? Don't jinx it. Uh, Don't jinx it. The West is (laughs) I'm not saying, I'm not saying that they're going to, it's an open field, but I'm saying if, if, you had to look at these the four teams really in the West, or maybe the five if you want to give Phoenix the outside track, right? Like uh the Clippers have as good of an argument as anyone for why they have been playing the best are playing the best basketball. I still tend to lean nuggets 
just because I think, you know, their biggest weakness is depth. And in the playoffs, that matters infinitely less. Like the fact that they have to play one of Zeke Naji or DeAndre Jordan um, in the regular season won't matter in the playoffs. They'll play Aaron Gordon at the five. Um, them having to play Reggie Jackson and Jamal Murray together won't matter as much. For as good as Reggie Jackson's been, you know, he's going to be like a 10-minute-a-game guy in the playoffs because they're not going to want to play him with Murray, and Murray's going to be playing like 30 to 40 minutes a game. Um, and those lineups that have been bad defensively will be better. I still lean Nuggets just because Jokic is the best player in the NBA, still as, as good as Embiid has been, as good as Giannis has been, as good as Kawhi has been. Um, I think Jokic is still kind of on a permanent basis the best, most dominant player in the NBA. Um, and I do think they still match up well with the Clippers, maybe not as well as in previous years. Um, but I, I would still give the Nuggets the edge, even though I think if you just look up and down the rosters, I think the Clippers have more overall talent. Um, but the Nuggets, I, I just, I don't know. I, I might just have Jokic PTSD, but I would still lean the Nuggets as a slight favorite. Um, the Celtics, you know, I, I think, I think it's kind of a similar thing. Like, you know, their top six is amazing. The rest of their depth, as we saw tonight, not particularly good. That will matter less in the playoffs. Um, I would almost guarantee that they make some kind of a depth trade to shore up their bench a little bit at the deadline, if not a they'll couple. Get, they'll get an, a perimeter guy to bring off the bench. Yeah, and they so might that, even get, like, a better so backup not, big it's man. It's not Sam Hauser and Peyton Pritchard, you know, yeah. as the 20-minute guys in the eight-man rotation. Yeah, and I mean, I think also just bringing in maybe a somewhat, even though Cornette and uh, Anemius Keta are both like back of the, you know, rotation, like NBA guys, I think like considering Porzingis's injury history and Al Horford's age, I think getting like a better third big is probably also would be kind of the other trade they might make. But yeah, I mean, their depth is bad, but it's it won't matter as much in the playoffs. Um it's just so tough before the trade deadline because, like, I think all of these teams can make more moves, um, and I think most of them will make more moves to kind of shore up for the arms race. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the Celtics are have to be the favorite coming out of the East. The, the Sixers are just, you know, they're the <laughs> they're the Sixers. They're 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 Clippers West or Clippers East, and the Bucks. I mean, just fired their coach. Doc is there. We know all about Doc. Their bench is a complete mess. Um, their defense is terrible. So, uh, yeah, I, I I think Celtics are the favorite in the East. Um, the Clippers, I think, will have a tougher road out West. Um, and I think it's really important that they get out of the four seed because even though I think they match up well with the Suns, um, I would rather not play the Suns in the first round um, compared to some of the other teams in the West. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, the Clippers are playing better than anybody in the NBA right now. How much that will translate to the playoffs for one reason or another, you know, we'll see. Yeah, fair. I mean, we, we've seen before, you know, whoever is the best team in November or December or January or February is not always the best team in May and June, right? But but right now, you you know, there's nothing but good to feel about how the Clippers are playing. You know, your point about Jokic, I think, is well taken just because Jokic is the best player in basketball right now. Jokic is better than Kawhi Leonard. And it's almost like a, you know, prime LeBron in the Eastern Conference thing where, you know, another team could put together a much more balanced roster than LeBron's teams had. But you get to the playoffs and it's like, Le you know, the difference between LeBron and whoever you've got is so much bigger than like you having a better backup shooting guard than them. And that's sort of where Jokic, you know, Jokic right now is the best player in the world. Uh, I think the East is, you know, Boston has to be pretty happy to be in an Eastern conference where the other two elite teams have Joel Embiid and Doc Rivers uh, because odds are Boston's going to end up playing someone else in the Eastern Conference Finals that isn't Philadelphia or Milwaukee uh, just based on those teams. I would actually, um, you know, I would, I think Indiana now, you know, with Halliburton injured and having half a season before the Siakam trade, they might not have as impressive of a record as how good they will be if they're healthy and have built up some synergy by the time the playoffs start. So they're a team that I could really see finishing with the sixth seed and, you know, going to the Eastern conference finals. Um, and I would certainly be rooting for them because that, you know, that's just a really Tyrese Halliburton is so fun to watch. I mean, that would be, I will really also say, team. even though I've, I'm a Knicks skeptic still just because of Julius Randle, um, OG Ananobi is a perfect fit. And they also got off RJ Barrett. Who's not good. Um, 
I don't know if the Knicks could win the East. I think them winning three playoff rounds with like Jalen Brunson as their best guy is a little unlikely considering who they have to go to. But I mean, I think with OG, I think they're like an actual legitimate like threat now too. Um, they they've looked really really good the past month since the trade. Yeah, it's it is one of those challenging. The East is definitely a conference this year where you'd rather be sixth than four. Because I think to me, Boston is like the the team you really don't want to play. Yeah. Milwaukee and Philadelphia both, I think, are kind of, you know, would be the favorites, but they're kind of vulnerable giants, right? The Knicks uh, could absolutely beat the Bucks in a playoff series. Yeah. And I I have a harder time with Knicks Celtics. But we'll see. I mean, the Knicks right now are only a game out of third. So the Knicks might not might climb. Maybe the Sixers end up playing yeah. Boston in the second round, right? Uh, let, let's go away to another quick break. When we come back, let's do some medals for this game and talk a little bit about the Clippers' win over the Toronto Raptors last night. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Back here on the Lob the Jam the Podcast. Rob, rapid-fire medals for this win over the Boston Celtics. Who you got? Gold. Do they have to be rapid-fire? I want to luxuriate. You want, Daniel Tice you want to do game. like a two-hour episode? On <laughs> Daniel Tice. All right, um, go go ahead. Talk to me about Daniel Tice, gold medalist. Uh, no, Kawhi Leonard is the gold medalist. Um, he had 12 points in the first quarter, didn't score in the second quarter, and then had 14 in the third quarter um, and just absolutely demolished the Celtics on both ends. They had just no answers for him. Um, as good as Derek White and Drew Holiday are defensively, they're just too undersized against Kawhi Leonard. He was getting them on switches, just shooting right over them or bullying them to rim to the rim. There's really nothing they could do. Um, he was this is the best I think I've seen him on defense in like in any one game. I'd need to think about it. I mean, the Clippers defense in general was great. He was the linchpin of it, though. I thought he was absolutely everywhere on defense, both in man-to-man and in help coverage. Um, he had seven rebounds in 29 minutes, two steals, two blocks. Um, it was just, a, it was a great performance. He only had 26 points, only two assists, but he only played 29 minutes and the game wasn't close. Um, it was, he was the clear best player on the court was, you know, not remotely close. Um, silver, I'll go with Tice. Um, 18 points on eight of nine shooting, seven rebounds, two assists, a steal and a, and two blocks. Um, and some of those did come in garbage time, but as we were discussing before the pod started, um, honestly, those buckets really counted because the Clippers garbage time unit, and this will be the only time I mention them, I promise, they were so bad that the game may have actually gotten into like 
Ty Lue needing to put back, maybe not Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, but like Terrence Mann and like Norm Powell or somebody um, because of how bad the, the, the garbage time unit was. So Tice hitting. I was, I was kind of sitting there thinking with like four minutes left, I was like, you may need to put Russ in. Yeah. Not like, you know, and Russ had a terrible game. I mean, God, Russ was bad in this game. But Russ is like against the Celtics garbage time crew. Russ oh, is just he gonna would. he's gonna come in and drive to the rim and get fouled, right? Like yeah, yeah. And and Bones theoretically should be the creator, and Bones just like mentally didn't just doesn't out. seem like he he's checked out, right? Yeah, um, yeah. The, Clipper, Clippers traded, the Clippers traded for him last deadline, thinking that they were gonna like foster him. You know, he was gonna get a bigger role than he had in Denver. And in less than a year since then, they've acquired two Hall of Fame point guards. And now he hasn't played in weeks, so yeah. I mean, I don't. Minutes I, weeks. I would like, and I, you know, I don't want to spend too much time on these garbage time guys. It's like, like, would I like Bones to have a better mentality and come in readier to play and wanting to show out? Yes. Um, do I think it's really tough to come into a garbage time game, especially as like the point guard and like run the team and run an offense and, um, you know, try to keep things intact and you know whatever. Yes, um, he's clearly seems checked out. I mean, he's he's lively on the bench, like he cheers, he claps. Like he I don't is, think yeah. he's, he's like got, he's got his sellies. Yeah, like I don't I don't think he's like toxic by any means. I just think you know he's a young guy who hasn't had a big contract yet, and he's rotting away on the bench. Um, and you know, I, I would guess at this point they probably do trade him. Uh, and probably branded Boston as well. Um, probably you, for the best for both guys. You hope. Um, I think you hope if you're bones, you know, from, from being like an, a first round pick and an all rookie second team guy, you think, yeah, I'm going to like grow into, you know, an eight figure second contract. And now here past the halfway point of his third year in the NBA, not playing it, you know, he had a down second year and now he hasn't really played meaningful minutes at all in his third year. Uh, you know, it, it becomes, it starts looking a lot less likely that you're going to get that contract unless yeah he gets traded somewhere where he plays, right? Um, Brandon Boston, it doesn't really matter <laughs> if he gets traded. Like, I think Bones could get traded to Charlotte and play 20 minutes a game and, you know, kind of put his name back into, into a conversation for teams who are looking around for a backup point guard. Uh, Brandon Boston, you know, is going to be in Europe next year. Yeah, but I hope, I anyway. Hope he, I hope he goes somewhere beautiful and lovely in Europe and makes a lot of money and has a great career. Maybe on an island. Um, yeah, Mallorca. He'll play in he Ibiza. Play for Mallorca or something. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Corsica. Um, <laughs> I don't know uh, that many. I don't know that many islands, Rob. I'll, I'll keep naming naming them. Um, love geography. Uh, but anyway, uh, and Daniel Tice. Um, he was great on defense. Like if we're talking, the Clippers won this game on their defense. Tice was awesome on defense. He's only credited for two blocks. I felt like he had four or five. He he had he so tends to many have big ones. Yeah, um, he has. He, he had so like many like contests. Blocks. Yeah, yeah, but he had so many like really great contests around the rim where he went straight up, and the Celtics just had to kind of like throw something up wildly against the glass. Um, he had seven rebounds. Um, you know, obviously he only missed one shot. He was, I thought, really smart. Like when the game was somewhat close. And he and Harden were running pick and rolls. He was like deliberate. Like I wish he was a little bit faster, but like he was making smart reads um, in the short roll and and passing to open shooters or, or turning and hitting little floaters. Um, just a really really good game from from Daniel Tice and kind of a revenge game in Boston. Um, and then my bronze um, is Terrence Mann, another guy whose box score wasn't really you know great. You know, fourteen points on twelve shots. Uh, six rebounds and three assists, but like all of his baskets, I think were big. He had a couple huge offensive rebounds. I thought his defense was also exceptional. Uh, one of the best defensive games I think I've seen him play um, a lot on Jason Tatum. And, and you know, I wrote before, like we might end up seeing Kawhi on Jason Tatum. Game wasn't close enough for that to happen. <laughs> Terrence Mann did plenty of a good job on Tatum by himself. Um, yeah, I mean, again, like he and Tice were more of like supporting characters. But when you look up and down the box score, why Leonard was the only guy who had like over 20 points. You know, Tice was second with 18. PG was third with 17. And like, it wasn't a terrible Paul George game, but it also wasn't like a great one. Um, and then like Terrence was fourth with 14. Like I, you know, it was just a solid contribution across the board, really. 
Um, so yeah, it would be uh, Kawhi, uh, Tice, uh, Terrence for me. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Those are my three medalists. Kawhi Gold, Tice, Silver, and Terrence Bronze. I think a couple of, you know, other guys who who maybe deserve some mention are like Mason Plumlee, even though, you know, he doesn't jump out. He didn't, he didn't yeah. jump out as much as Tice. Like he was part of that lineup where the Clippers actually did the winning of the game. You know, eight points and seven rebounds compared to Tice's 18 and seven. And Tice had an, and one more block, one more steal, two more assists, all that. But, you know, Mason was on the court for those, those lineups where the Clippers ran up the score. Uh, and and granted, Tyus was playing with much worse lineups. Mason gets to play with the starters. Tyus played with the the Clippers played for a while in the second quarter with the James Russ Norm Amir Tyus lineup, which I really don't like. Um, no, just super undersized, you know, at at three, four, and five. But you know, so for him to even sort of hold his own in those lineups and then kind of save the game garbage time was great. But Plumlee deserves, you know. Deserves some recognition for this one too. James Harden, even though he really struggled shooting the ball, 0 of 6 from 3, 2 11 from the field, nine points, eight rebounds, seven assists, only one turnover, was yeah. was on the court in this scheme for all of those defensive possessions and was a team was best good. plus 36. I mean, he was good on defense. I mean, the Celtics still got by him a few times, but like he was there. Like they, there were several times they, they tried to go by him and they couldn't. Um, and yeah, I mean, his playmaking was was really good. Um, I mean, he had the play, several of the plays of the game. I think the his lob to Terrence in transition was kind of like the keynote on the Clippers run that like really put the Celtics yeah. out of it in like the mid late third. Um, he would he would have been my, over Plumlee. He would have been my kind of fourth guy. I do want to quickly shout out like the last of the the six top guys. I would say um, Amir Coffee. Amir Coffee was the other was, guy I was, was very good. Um, he missed a few threes in garbage time that kind of make his stats look worse than they were. Um, he was very good. Um, I thought his defense was good. He continues to just finish everything around the rim. Um, smart, you know, does not turn the ball over ever. Um, just very happy for Amir that he, you know, unlike Bones, kind of the inverse of Bones, um, was able to get another shot at the rotation this year and has played great. Um, and lining up, like, I'm, who knows what will happen the rest of this year and, and next year, but like, a guy like if he continues playing like this, like we'll get a bigger contract hopefully um, after this one and, and get like a real bag before he he heads into his 30s. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, Amir also kind of a di different situation. We talked about Bones as a guy who was a first-round pick, made an all-rookie team. You really start seeing dollar signs, right? Like, um, you know, a guy that a lot of people coming, you know, coming out of his rookie year were like, oh, he's going to be a starter in this league. Yeah, and that, I thought know, that. Yeah, and it's not saying that that dream is over. I mean, that's not not by any chance is that like done and dusted. But right now, he's not on that trajectory anymore. He needs to start playing again and then play well to reestablish him, his himself in that conversation. Amir Coffey is a guy you look at undrafted, goes on a two way contract with the Clippers. For him, even getting like right now where he's making three and a half million is like. You know, when he came into the NBA, he wasn't supposed to ever be in the NBA. And so, you know, it's, guys are just in different different places with different expectations. But yeah, Amir was really good in this game. And I think that, you know, I think the conversation has to continue with when you look at the deadline and you look at the Clippers, you know, a lot of the conversations we have about getting a guy like, you know, Denny, Denny, right, like from Washington, well, he would be coming in to take Amir Coffey's minutes. And if Amir Coffey is playing really well and making half of his threes, sniping from the corner, being good on defense, getting out in transition, you know, I'm not sure that Denny is going to be better in that role than Amir but has would been. would Denny take Russell Westbrook's minutes? No. Whispers into the ether. No. He wouldn't. <laughs> he, won't. he wouldn't. He wouldn't. And, and so, you know, I, I do think that it puts the Clippers in a great position going into the trade deadline where yes, they could definitely use another big forward off the bench. But if you, you know, they're very limited in terms of what they have to trade. They have, they have their 2030 first round pick, which you really don't want to use. They've got a couple second round picks this year that, you know, you don't want to burn on a guy who's going to play 12 minutes in the playoffs and be whatever. And, you know, I mean, like, you would rather you'd rather pick young guys who have some upside or whatever. 
if if they can get a guy who they really like at a price point they can afford, I'm sure they will make a trade at this deadline. But Amir playing as well as he is in January makes it possible for you as the Clippers to not feel like you need to go get someone. From from my conversation with Law on our podcast a couple weeks ago, the sense I got and um, you know, Law is is one of, if not the most plugged in guy to the Clippers. Yeah. Is that if they're if they're gonna make a trade and it seems like they probably will, it'll be for a guy who will be like just an upgrade as the backup, as like the third string over like Kobe Brown and PJ Tucker, not even guy who will replace, you know, Amir, but just somebody who like in case of injury or if the Clippers want to play a bigger lineup, you know, for you know six minutes in one playoff game, just a guy who is actually playable compared to PJ Tucker or Kobe Brown. That's true. Um, I mean, the Clippers don't. Yeah, that that's that is fair that. With the nine guys they have now, the only place where the Clippers have playable depth is, in theory, they have a third point guard in Bones Highland. Although, you know, what hap needs to happen in terms of personality management to get him mentally ready to play at a high level is one thing. And they do have three bigs, but they don't really have like that wing depth. And, you know, we, we don't have to linger here, but I'll say, you know, what you just said, the name that really jumps out to me is like um, Tory Craig, who's been hurt in Chicago this year, but not with an injury that's going to keep him out in the playoffs and isn't really part of their team, is on a cheap one-year contract. I think you get him for a second-round pick, you know. So that that's where maybe you look and you're like, yeah, Torrey Craig can come in and be sort of that 10th man when you're playing nine, um, playoff experience and all that. Let's go away for another quick break and uh, resume with a conversation of that Raptors win. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Back here on the Lob the Jam, the podcast. So before the Clippers' best win of the season in Boston tonight, they were in Toronto last night. Where they For their the most boring win of the season. <laughs> they beat the Raptors by 20 in what was a very measured effort. Uh, they did not want to overextend themselves or their stars in this game. They kept Paul George to 28 minutes, Kawhi Leonard to 31. James Harden did play 35, so he, you know, he definitely shouldered a little more of the load on the first night of this back-to-back. -back. They go and they play a Toronto team that is uh, not particularly good, but also not hopelessly inept like you know the Detroit Pistons or something and sort of just handled business went up double digits early kept them at arm's length throughout the game didn't have to overexert themselves I think it was really obvious uh from even pre-game the way that the Clippers were handling things that this was a like the entire mindset in this game was keep fresh for Boston and they successfully did that. They did exactly what they needed to do to keep this at a comfortable margin without, you know, um, it would be nice if the Clippers had gotten hot from deep and they could have gone up by 35 and, and put it away. That didn't happen. But they kept it at a margin. They didn't overexert themselves. They got a solid win against a weak opponent. And, you know, this plus the Boston win puts them at 2-0 and at the start of this seven-game Grammy trip, which is a great thing to be. I would have never in a million years thought the Clippers would go two 
and O in this back-to-back in Toronto in Boston. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, solid win, right, Rob? Nothing, nothing certainly not the season sort no. of uh, maybe season-defining win like this one in Boston, but just a solid win. You go on the road, you win by 20, you rest your legs. Yeah, and the Raptors aren't like, they're not like Wizards Pistons level. And and really any road win in the NBA that's not against like that level of team is still a solid win, right? Like, you know, those teams are barely NBA teams. Like, <laughs> like, like yeah. there are actually like I wouldn't say college teams, but there are definitely international teams that could beat like the Wizards or the Hornets or those teams. Like they're so bad um, and try so little on defense. Um, like the Raptors are not that bad. They have like actual talent and play hard and, you know, for the most part. Um, but yeah, I mean, they were down also. It must be noted, you know, two of their starters, Emmanuel Quickly and Jakob Pertl, um, kind of the backbones of their defense and offense. Um, I mean, yeah, it was, I think it was exactly as I said. The Clippers came in. They knew they had a massive talent advantage um, and just kind of knew it and, and took advantage really the whole the whole night. Like, they didn't play great. Um, it wasn't like, outside of Harden, who was, you know, the if we're doing medals for that one, is the clear gold medal. Maybe just give them the silver, too. Um, just totally dominated the game. Um, but, like, I mean, outside of that, they just got good performances across the board from, like, almost all their key players. Um, and really just took care of business against the Raptors team that like, you know, they fought, they played hard. They have some guys like Scotty Barnes and RJ Barrett scored a lot, um, but really just did not have the talent to keep up with the Clippers. Um, so yeah, I mean, not a bad win, certainly like the Clippers played well enough and, you know, it was on the road against a non tanking, non awful team. Um, but it was a game they definitely should have won considering, you know, the Raptors, uh, injury issues and, and they're having traded away so much of their talent. Yeah, the Raptors last year, and it was a different Raptors team last year, different personnel. Nick Nurse was the coach. They they were very much a team that would like be down 15 and he would just go all he would just chase wins. So he would put all yeah. his starters in to start the fourth quarter. He would cut a game from 15 to six, force the other team starters back into the game. And it was then, very and, annoying. And then end up losing. But but the Raptors were a team that annoyed you. And I feel like even though it's a different coach and a lot of the there's been a turnover with the top end personnel, you know, the Raptors were like picking up full court in this fourth quarter. And yes. the, the Clippers did like have to, you know, Norman Powell had to sweat in the fourth quarter to keep the in the like 12 to 15 range and keep Kawhi Leonard on the bench. And and they they pulled that off. And the guys who were in the game for that stretch of basketball, you know, I think deserve some credit for that. Uh well, let's go ahead and do some medals here. You already told us, Rob, that James Harden was your goal. James Harden is the obvious gold for this game. 22 points, 13 assists, 10 rebounds. He was the orchestrator. He dominated yeah. this game whenever he was on the court. Dare I say capacity. the system? He is a system comma player, right? Um, and, and I would say, you know, in this Celtics game, gave you kind of a vision for like James Harden's shooting fluctuation is well known. And in the playoffs, it fluctuates as well because of the diet, you know, the shot diet that he has. But what he doesn't need to score 30 points for you to have a chance. Then he can have a game like he had tonight in Boston, where he yeah. was he was locked into the team concept on defense. His shot wasn't falling, but he orchestrated the offense. He helped clean up the glass, you know, as a guard, which is he's always been really good at for both the Clippers point guards are two of the best rebounding point guards of, you know, this century. And, and he just, he just kept the trains on time. He made sure everyone got good shots. The offense overall was, was humming along. Like if this can be the, if this can be the bad James Harden game, and then you also get the good James Harden game. I like to remind folks as maligned as he is for his playoff uh, his bad playoff performances in Philadelphia last year, he also had two 40 point games, right? So you are going to get yeah. the good, the good with the bad. And if his bad still in still can be being a great point guard and Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are going to do more of the scoring then you know, the Clippers are in a great place. He's the absolute gold medalist for this Raptors win. I'll go ahead and say Russell Westbrook gets my silver medal. He was really just all over the place when he came into this game. 20 points, five rebounds, three assists, two steals, two blocks, zero turnovers, which is really rare for Russ. Yes. Uh, I think he was better in the first half than the second half, if I'm remembering. Uh, but yeah, he he just came in and was sort of um, 
directors didn't really know, couldn't really contain him. He went six of six from the free throw line, which is really nice. He's been struggling from the line this year. And between him and James, it felt like the Clippers really had control of this game, you know, at all, at all moments, uh, despite Paul George and Kawhi Leonard both having kind of quiet nights. Uh, are you, are you there or did you go elsewhere with your silver? No, Russ would also be my silver. And what about your bronze? I will give one up for the plum dog, uh, the plum dog millionaire. Um, he, he, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George were probably better. I don't know. It's boring to say them over and over again. <laughs> like, uh, I, you could also make an argument for Norm Powell. He was, you know, at 17, as you said, he was kind of instrumental in keeping the game, you know, maybe not a blowout, but like enough of a distance that the starters didn't need to come back down the stretch. But I'll go with Mason. You know, he had 12 points and 12 rebounds in 25 minutes. Not a super efficient scoring night, but like, you know, he got the job done. He had three assists um, and was, I think, pretty solid on defense. I, I think he's actually been pretty good on defense. He was good in, against the Celtics, and I think he was pretty good against the Raptors, too. Um, a plus 19 in his 25 minutes. So um, I'll give it to Mason. I mean, I, Paul George and, and especially Kawhi was better, but like, whatever. I don't know. Kawhi gets a medal almost every game. Let's give one to Mason Plumley. You know, I'm, I actually 100% agree with you. He had a 12-12 double-double. He was a plus 19. I mean, he was he was good in this game. And I, I don't know that he really jumped off the screen as like, this guy has to be on the podium tonight. But I'm not sure that a third player did after James and Russ. And I'm I'm content going with, with Mason. You know, Paul George wasn't efficient in this game, even though he was the team's second leading scorer with 21 points. Kawhi Leonard only had 16 points. Um and and Norm Powell, Norm Powell is really the other guy I would consider with his 17 off the bench, you know, played a lot more minutes in the fourth quarter, keeping the game under control so that the stars could rest. Uh, but at, on aggregate, I just think Mason was a little more impactful in this one. Um, so Mason, Mason gets my silver as well. So there we go. Both Clipper centers getting medals in this back to back. Uh, actually, I think six different players, right? Because in the in the Boston game, we yeah. went. We went Kawhi, Tyus, Terrence, and then in this game, it's James, Russ, Plumley. So six different players yep. meddling for the Clippers in a pair of back-to-back -back road wins to start we this trip. We hate Paul George. Sorry, yeah, Paul George. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Invite yeah. me to the Podcast P podcast. Yeah, invite Rob on Podcast P to debate you about how good you are. Uh, <laughs> and if, then challenge me to a shootout. If Rob wins, he gets to decide what your extension is. I'll give I'll give uh, well, Paul George a medal when he signs an extension. Yeah, okay, okay, I like this. We won't tell Shap though. We'll see if he actually listens to the pod by if I, he if he does this. We will have a text from him tonight, and he's not even home. He's out of town, and he will listen to this tonight. Like he will put his AirPods in at a bar and listen to this podcast as soon as it drops. <laughs> I would bet you yeah. money that I get a text from him tonight about the contents of this pod. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Let's go away, Rob, for one more quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk about the, the remainder of the road trip that the Clippers ahead, have ahead as we approach the NBA trade deadline. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
All right, back here on the Lob the Jam, the podcast. So, Rob, the Clippers are now two games into their seven-game Grammy road trip. They've got blowout wins in Toronto and Boston. Definitely not a bad start to a difficult stretch. I had said coming into this trip that uh, that five and two would be would be solid. Five and two was sort of what I was looking for from the Clippers. I was assuming in that five and two that they would definitely lose this game in Boston. Yep. Yep. Ty Lu had said the goal for the team was six and one. And uh I I now think six and one is sort of it would be it would be disappointing to not go six and one. It's not guaranteed, of course. You have to play the games. It would be disappointing yeah. to go six and one, I think. Um, but I mean a seven oh is not this Boston game was the one that you look at you looked at and you went, they're not gonna go seven and oh on this trip. So, you know, granted, keeping in mind that we are going to see the legs and exhaustion more the deeper we get into the trip, they close the trip with a back-to-back -back on nights 10 and 11 of a seven-game and 11-night road trip. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it, it, it's going to get, you know, rough. It's going to get, uh, they're going to have to win ugly. The odds that Paul George plays all five of these games as he deals with his groin injury probably are low. Although, thankfully, he only had to play 22 minutes tonight in Boston, which is another great uh another great thing getting those guys some more rest early in the trip the games they have left they have they have sunday off then they play at cleveland they have a day off they play at washington they have a day off they play at detroit washington and detroit are free wins uh and i think you really have to hope to get guys some rest in those games as well while winning comfortably and then they close with a back-to-back -back in miami and in atlanta so obviously cleveland is a good team uh, Miami is. They're the Heat. They're they. You can't you can't yeah. quantify them as anything else. They're just the Heat. Miami's on a six game losing streak right now. Yeah, Before... but they employ like devil magic. So I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and, and then Atlanta. Atlanta is bad, but they're just at the threshold of bad that you would think that they might score 140 points against you. They on have the second on a second night of back to back at the end of a seven game road trip. I will say though that will, what will complicate these things, especially those last couple games, is the trade deadline. Because um, I think the trade deadline is the eighth of, is the of eighth. Thursday. Yes. So and this, this road trip ends on Monday the fifth in Atlanta. So Sunday the fourth in Miami, Monday the fifth in Atlanta. The trade deadline is Thursday the eighth. So we'll see. I mean, it's possible it could benefit the Clippers. The Clippers seem very unlikely to make a major trade. Like they'll probably do something on the margins, even if it's just dumping one of their young guys to reduce their luxury tax or just buying out pj tucker or whatever like they'll probably do something but it won't be big but like the hawks and the heat are very likely to do you know big trades so they could be shorthanded for those games it's also it's probably more likely that those happen a little closer to the deadline but like if they get it done a, a, you know around that time it's possible the clippers get those teams shorthanded um yeah i mean washington and detroit you just assume will be wins it would be incredibly disappointing it wouldn't ruin the vibes of the entire last two months it would be pretty bad if they lost either of those two teams they're they're putrid um cleveland is a tough game like yeah, cleveland is playing really really well third the game in four the, nights the Cavs are the best team left on this trip yes by far yeah um, they're nine and one in their last 10 they're they have the best win-loss record of the teams the clippers jared allen against mason plumley yeah you I know mean, that's a game you're gonna miss zoo you know, yeah, I, like losing in Cleveland third and, and four, like it wouldn't be a bad loss. I they have they can certainly win. I mean, I think I'm pretty sure Garland is still out. Mobley is definitely still out. Um, the Clippers are more talented, but the, the Cavs are playing really well right now. Um, Washington, Detroit, you assume are wins at Miami. Like again, they're on a losing slide, um, but they might make a trade. And also, you know, there's a heat. You just never know with them like if, if Duncan Robinson might hit seven threes or hero or Rogier now like those are all guys it'll be who, someone that it'll be someone we haven't heard of is what it'll be oh you mean like Orlando Robinson or Haywood Highsmith or you know whoever. I've heard of these people but the fact that I have is a testament to how random Miami gets contributors yeah I, like like that's another game where it's like you know Jamal Kane is gonna hit six threes <laughs> I just went on their uh, roster and and picked someone whose name I don't know. Drew Smith, thirty points. I've sadly heard of both of those players. Uh, my yeah, I have a problem. Oh, well, they have Cole Swider, who is a a Syracuse guy. So also was a former and, Laker. But, yeah, uh, he, he was a Laker too guy, and he's a 
he's a shooter. So, you know, Cole Swider maybe will come in and hit 60. Yeah. So I, who, who knows? It's the heat. And, and then in Atlanta, like that's really where it's tough. Like, like Atlanta is not good and they might be shorthanded because of the trade deadline, but like they will have talent. Um, Like they have a lot of just talented guys on their team. The last game of this road trip, second night of a back-to-back. I think five and two is still fine. Like if they lose Cleveland and then one of Miami or Atlanta, like I, it's not ideal, but I think it's still an acceptable road trip. Um, but I think six one is certainly very attainable. Seven and zero, I think, is still would be pretty remarkable if they pull off the Cleveland, Miami, and Atlanta games. I think would be, I wouldn't be shocking or stunning. Like they are better and more talented than those teams. Those are all three not very easy games. Um, but I think five and two is now the floor instead of like a good like mean. That's now like they should hit five and two. Six and one, I think, is is pretty reasonable. Um, though a good result and seven and oh is like eh, it's possible, but I, I would still think it's it's probably pretty unlikely they win all three of those games. Yeah, six and I I still think however you get it, even though now after beating Boston, you know. Boston is the game you think you thought would be the one in the six and one six and one on a seven game Grammy trip is great. And the schedules ebb and flow. The Clippers have just come out of a stretch where they have had a lot of rest days. Now they're going into a denser stretch. They have like a crazy March. They, they have like 17 games in 30 days in March or something like that. But uh, you know, it's going to ebb and flow for the teams around them too. And if you can stack wins in your longest road trip of the year, like Denver and Minnesota and Oklahoma city are also going to go on road trips. They might not have seven game road trips because they don't have to deal with the Grammys, but they're going to go on road trips too. And to be able to take, you know, what is the toughest road trip on your schedule and go six and one is, is a fantastic outcome, you know, seven and oh on the table. I mean, that's, that would really be, I kind of want to know. Um, and I, I don't know this, I would have to research it and tweet about it later. How many teams have swept road trips of seven games or longer? I bet you it's not. It hasn't happened much in NBA history. I mean, like the Bulls, like the the Warriors. Yeah, yeah. The Bulls and all-time great teams. (laughs) Even those teams might not have had seven-game road trips. Seven-game road trips are rare. Like it would so, really just be Clippers because the Clippers are the only team because of the Grammys. Did the Lop City teams ever win? There were definitely a couple years where they went like six and one or like seven and one on them. I don't yeah. know if they ever went undefeated on them. Yeah, but so that's why I would be I would be interested in looking at. I mean, it would be a it would be a impressive feat of historical magnitude. Like there's one thing to have a have a five game road trip where you go four, four and one and be like, hey, that's a pretty good road trip. Good job. That was really nice, right? And it's another thing to go seven and zero on a seven game trip and be like. Holy shit, that is special. And I think it's the same thing we were talking about at the very beginning of this episode with this win in Boston, where it's one thing to win a game and go, man, that was a really good win. Good win against a good team. Or maybe even that was our best win of the season. It's another thing to take a step back from that and go, that's actually the best win anyone has had this season. This is the most impressive outcome, the, mo- the, single, the most impressive single game performance that an NBA team has had this year, the Clippers had tonight. That's pretty special, right? So, so you know, not to get ahead of ourselves, there are five games left to play. I still, I agree with you. I think six and one is still more likely. The Cleveland matchup's not a pushover. That back-to-back at the end is going to be brutal. But uh, yeah, I mean, the Clippers, the Clippers are in a great place right now as a basketball team. And, it, and the more that we get into this stretch of play, where they really, you know, they have not lost with Kawhi Leonard very much in since Russell Westbrook went to the bench. They've they've scarcely lost games that Kawhi Leonard plays in. It does make me feel like it informs deadline strategy for me by telling me don't dump second round picks to get a rotation player. The Clippers are fine. Right? Yeah. Like like keep yeah. you know, I want them to keep I've said this on the pod before, keep those second round picks and you know trade one of them this draft for two future second round picks like start you know let that side of of basketball operations sort of rebuild itself after the depletion that has happened to get the team that we have right now i can understand for someone else and i don't think you know the argument joseph rye ward would tell you this is the time to trade the 2030 pick to go all in because you have a real chance to win a championship this year uh, I think they have a real chance to win a championship as is. 
I yeah, I would like like one more forward who can play. But yeah, that guy does not need to be very good. Like Tory Craig, like Doug McDermott, Chetty Osman, like these are all names who you can probably get for PJ Tucker and like a second. Well, and you might they, those are all names. It would not shock me to see. I mean, Osman is the only one I would say you probably won't see on the buyout market. Yeah. It would not surprise me at all to see Craig and McDermott on the buyout market. You know who else is out there is Jermichael Green, right? Like, the, you know, if, I don't know. <laughs> I would play him over PJ Tucker right now. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if the Clippers, if if nothing else, if they can even just move PJ's contract, right? Which we know they would like to do. But yeah, that'll do it for this episode of Lob Jam, the podcast. Thank you guys at home for listening. Thank you for listening all season. Definitely a great evening for the Clippers tonight in Boston. Uh, if you like the show, wherever you listen to us, please subscribe. Please leave us a five-star review. Of course, it really helps grow the show. And as always, go Clippers. winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.